0: And we're so grateful for the lives that are being changed. Speaking of lives being changed, uh, Derek is one of the graduates from Freedom House whose life has been totally transformed. That's Isn't that right? And Derek, why don't you come on up here for a quick second? Come on up. And, and Derek, you have, why don't you just tell us what's going on? You have a special announcement to make. The, you're talking about the yeah, yeah, Freedom yeah, yeah, House yeah. banquet? No. That was about a lot the, of work. Yeah, that was a lot of work. Talking about the other announcement. They, um... All our in-laws are in town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's try another announcement. Well, Natasha is going to be two years old right around when our second baby is born. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're talking about? That's what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Man, isn't that great? You know, a second baby on the way. You can pull out your outline that's inside of your shout, and today we're talking uh, a message on the value of our relationships, and I've entitled today, Together, Together. The reason I want to bring this up is I think it's very important in the season where we are today. Now, as the ushers are receiving our tithes and our offerings, let me just update you where we are on Cascade College campus. Uh, God, uh, we announced that last week. I'm not sure I'm fully recovered from last week uh, still, but it's, uh, I mean, those of us that were there, it was a wild and crazy week. But let me update you where we are on that. Now, we have secured Cascade College Campus the deal, okay? But there are 38 separate tax lots. Do you know when you buy a home, how much work it is to buy one home? Now, think about that 38 times over, so we are in a due diligence process. Turn to your neighbor and say, they're doing due diligence. Turn to your neighbor and saying they're do, doing due diligence. So what that means is we've got a long way to go. Now, faith says the property is already ours. How many of you would agree? Amen. But prudence says we need to move with care and caution. And in the process, at any point along the way, we may determine that it is not God's will. And so we have to just keep going one step at a time. That's all we can do. So, well, we can say that we've got the deal secured in Oklahoma. The president of Oklahoma flew out and met with us. They're not selling it to anybody else. We are the only people that they're going to sell it to. The politics, uh, as far as uh, rights of first refusals and all of that, which there is on the property, Uh, They are giving notice for the right of first refusal. If the people that have the right exercise it, then we don't get the property. If they choose not to exercise it, then we can continue forward. So there's still a lot of water that's got to go under the bridge, so to speak. So what do we need to do? We need... Ah... (laughs) I love side. What do we need to do? We need to pray. Okay, so that's going to be very important that we're asking for God's will to be done in this process. Please be praying. Eleven and a half acres is a lot of work. We thought three acres was a lot of work. Eleven and a half acres is even more. But there's a lot of great agencies and groups that are coming uh, around the table. Now, this week, I just want to tell you, God has been opening the doors. And I want to share with you, week by week, just the little miracles that are taking place on cascade there is what is called an impact mitigation plan essentially what that means is there's about 500 pieces of paper that the city has put together to say this is what can be done on that campus and this is what can't be done on that campus now my background is a pastor and when i took a look at that impact mitigation plan i said oh lord jesus because there's so much in that that i don't understand and there's a lot of due diligence that we have to do. And, and so I was at the Nehemiah banquet, and I turned to a friend of mine, Rod, and said, You know, man, this thing is really confusing. What I need is I need a good architect. And he said, Man, I've got just the guy for you. I met that guy this week. He walked in the doors of, of our church and sat down with me, and I told him what I needed to do. Not only is he an architect, but he is the president of the Architectural Association here in Portland. So he is the president of all the architects. Uh, he has a huge background in, in architectural uh, uh, development as well as developing his own businesses. He was a managing partner over at Ankerman & Moisen, a very large architectural firm. Uh, the guy, for us to employ him would be astronomical. And he sat down and he took a look at everything, and this is what he told me this week. Pastor, this is over your head. <laughs> and I said, you're absolutely right. And he said, how about I take it over for you for free? And I will be the owner's representation or the project manager on this. And right now, he is running with it. And we have somebody that understands the city and understands the whole process. Yes, God is going ahead of us. Amen. So just want you to know that there are miracles that are taking place. Now we still have to fund it, okay? So that's a big miracle. So we need to what? We need to pray, okay? So you just be in prayer, and we'll keep you posted on how things are going. Now next week, I won't be here. Um, Jay will be speaking, and I'm so glad that Jay is going to be speaking. He's going to be speaking in the area of trust. And Jay is just an amazing man, and we appreciate Jay and Michelle. They've been part of our church for a long time. And Jay, thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to be at another church next week and not very far from here that they are looking at doing something with their building and they might involve East Side. So there's another building that might be available to us. So I don't know what God is doing. All I do know is this. You walk through every open door till God closes the door. And you never put all of your eggs in one basket. You always make sure that you're looking out to the horizon as to what God wants to do. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to keep on looking, keep on searching, keep our eyes open. But no matter what, the church is not about a building or a place. It's about the people that God has called together. And that's what I really want to talk to you today about. I want to talk to you about relationships, the purpose of being together. It is so important that we gather together. I'm seeing so many people today, especially in Portland, whose lives are an absolute wreck. And the reality is I know that if they could be part of a local church like Eastside, that their life could totally change. I'm grateful for the fellowship. I'm grateful for brothers and sisters in my life. But the reality is we need each other. We need the people that are around us. It is critical that we have people around us. If we don't have the people around us, we can't make it. I was reading this week some of the amazing benefits of attending church. Let me just share some of these benefits. Did you know that, excuse me, according to the Journal of Marriage and Family, that church attendance is the number one predictor of marital stability? The number one predictor of marital stability, according to the Journal of Marriage and Family. Now, that is, doesn't say that we don't have divorces, but y- your chance of, of not getting divorced goes up if you are committed to a place of life-to-life, okay? Not just attending church, but a place of life-to-life. Uh, according to the National Institute of Healthcare Research in America, attending church is helpful, get this, in the prevention of cancer, heart disease, and mental illness. Amazing. Uh, according to the Journal of Chronic Diseases, teens who attend church are four times less likely to commit suicide. Uh, church attendings stay half as long during hospital stays, according to Duke University. If you go to church, you cut your hospital time in half, they say, approximately. Isn't that amazing statistic? Yeah, that's just... Well, I don't know about some of you. Some of you have been in the hospital, like, for a really long time. So, Steve, we just want you to know, knock it off, okay? Uh, Just no more going back to the hospital, okay? By faith, all right? Uh, Did you... Yeah, what did he say? You could cut in half, that's right. Just think of it if you weren't attending church. (laughs) Did you know that there is an additional life expectancy of seven years? Seven years, according to demography. People attending church report a 50% higher weekly average income. Wow, aren't you glad you came to church today? That's according to UCLA School of Medicine. And churchgoers have fewer heart attacks according to the National Institute of Mental Health. And then according to the American Medical News, people attending church are physically healthier and less depressed. Not only that, but people who attend church are usually 10 pounds lighter. I'm just kidding, okay? (laughs) You're like, all right, that sold me. I'm coming to the east side. (laughs) But there are a lot of benefits of going to church. There's a lot of benefits of being involved in other people's lives. And the reality is no man, no woman is an island. And we need each other. We need the relationships that are around us. We need to be together. Uh, The Bible says this. It's at the top of your outline in Matthew 18, verse 20. It says, for where two or three, can we read this together? For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. See, this is where two or three gather together. Together, two gather together, where two or three gather together. God says, I promise to be there in the midst. Now, that doesn't mean that God's not there with you by yourself, but there is a power that happens when we join together. There is something that collaboratively takes place that's promised in Scripture that we need to be together. And if you don't have church in your life as a regular basis, I'm telling you, you're missing out on a tremendous blessing. The Bible says that we can put 10,000 to flight. You know, that two can put 10,000 to flight. And that means if we gather together, we are so much stronger ...than we are apart. I'm seeing people today, they just... ...they think, why do I need church? I I can get to know God without these people, you know? The reality is, we need each other. We need each other in this process... ...because relationships are what matter. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself. Don't forsake the gathering of yourself... All the more as the day approaches, that means as the day starts coming, when this earth is ending, we need one another in relationships. We need to be in life to life. We need to be going to classes. We need to be forming relationships. It's not just about sitting here listening to this amazing sermon. Uh, You like that, right? (laughs) Say amen. He was right. Yeah, that's right. What it is, is it's about forming life relationships. Because it's these life relationships that take us Uh, onward and upward. Life is hard. Would you agree with me that life is hard? Anybody here, would you agree with me that life is hard? Uh, Man, I need all the help I can get. What about you? Just getting through it. Having good friendships like, you know, Jim here and Patrice, it it just really uh, brings things together. I'm so thankful that that Patrice is now ordained, you know? Yeah, it's good. Patrice is now ordained. And... uh, And what's taking place in Patrice's life is amazing. And I'm so glad that I have relationship with him because I'm better with him. It's important that we have one another. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes, talking about a man who was all alone. It says, there was a man all alone. Notice this. This man was all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. What Solomon is talking about here is a man who who had no one around him. He had no son. He had no brother. He had no one around him. He was just working. And though he had a lot of money in his life, the reality, his life was very empty. Because your life is not on what you do. It is on relationships. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? But he forfeits or loses his own soul. And the reality is, I know I need the people around me to keep me on the path. I need the same voice of the church in my life. It's important. And that's why we believe that the local church is important. And though we are ordaining and licensing marketplace ministers, and we are sending them out, we are connecting them to the the local church. For the voice of the local pastor is important. Because what brings sanity to us. Here's a man who did not have relationships around him. See, I'm convinced that there are people here uh, that have a book inside of them, or a great ministry, or, or a great business inside of you. But it will never be birthed. You will never reach your full potential until you are in relationship with other people. See, I'm convinced of this next statement. You'll never do all God wants you to do without the right people around you. Can we say that together? You'll never do all God wants you to do without the right people around you. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Do, do you believe me on that? Do you believe that? I, I, I couldn't do what I do without the right people around me. You've got to have the right people around you. Notice it's the right people. It doesn't say you'll never do all God wants you to do without people around you. And so I think a lot of times what happens is we're not intentional about the people that we gather around us. So we have to choose wisely. We have to choose who's going to be around us. The reality is I've been pastoring now for over 20 years. And and I've watched something. I can tell you the trajectory of your life by the kind of people that you hang out with. Let me give you a great example of this. If you're at work and all your friends at work have a lousy job and the boss stinks and there's just, you know, there's just no much, there's no money and they really have a bad attitude, chances are you have a bad attitude as well. Because you're hanging around people with a bad attitude. You are only going to soar as high as the people that you surround yourself with. And so what happens is so many people, you start hanging out with people that are really going nowhere. And if you start hanging out with people that are really going nowhere, you are going to go nowhere. nowhere. I've had people come in and say, well, you know, I I want a good marriage. And we start looking at people that they're hanging out with. And the reality is sometimes people that that have bad marriages, the reality is they're hanging out with, you know, friends, guys. They're hanging out with other guys that are partying and and cheating on their wives and that kind of thing. And it rubs off on you. The reality, the Bible is very, very clear on this, that we have got to be careful of the company that we choose. If you want to soar, you find if you want to soar in your marriage, find somebody with a strong marriage and form a friendship with them and say, Man, I want to become your friend, because they will rub off on you. If you want to be well good do good in business, find somebody that's done good in business. Don't find somebody that's broke. Find somebody that's that's successful. If you start hanging around people that are not successful, you will not be successful. And the reality is some of you hearing my voice either on the internet or our app or wherever you're listening to my voice right now, this might be a prophetic message to you. You need to dump that friend right now. Dump them and run. Have you ever heard the term dump the chump? I mean... Now, in God's eyes, nobody's a chump, but the reality is that person might be bringing you down. And so it's not good to hang out with people that are bringing you down. The Bible says this. It's very clear on this. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Do not associate, Proverbs says, with a man given to anger, or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. As you're moving in life, the reality is there's going to be seasons where you have to change your friendships and change your circle of influence, and it's it's okay. Did you know that you might outgrow the friendships that you have currently today? I sure hope that's the case. I sure hope that you're growing. Because if you're growing, there comes a point in time when the people around you might not be growing either. And there might come a point in time when you have to say, you know what, I've kind of outgrown this relationship and now I need to choose wisely as to the next relationships so that I can be discipled and move in this process of life to life. It's very critical that we choose wisely. See, I'm convinced of this. When the right people gather together... For the right reasons, God is there and can do the right things. When the right people gather together for the right reasons, God is there and can do the right things. But notice we have to have the right people gathering for the right reason. Not just gathering for any reason. And then God can do the right thing. But it's our faith together that activates what God wants to do. And I'm so thankful that we now have marketplace ministers starting to attend Eastside. And they're coming and they're starting to come here because they see this as a place where we are going to validate what God has in their life. And I believe that together God's going to do something really remarkable because we can't do it by ourselves. We need each other. And so it's critical that we gather together. When God's people gather together for the right reasons, God is there and can do great things. I want to talk about a story in the Bible. It's found in 1 Samuel 14, verse 1. And it's the story of Jonathan. Jonathan's father was Saul. And in uh, 1 Samuel 14, 1, it says this. One day, everybody say one day. One, one day. day. Let's say it again. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young man bearing his armor, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. So, here's Jonathan, and one day, the Bible says, he decided to go over and do something about the Philistine problems. Now, the Philistines are the bad guys. Everybody go, boo, boo. Philistines are the bad guys, okay? So, one day, Jonathan said, you know what? I'm not going to put up with this any longer, and I'm going to go do something about this. He made a choice. But the Bible says he chose not to tell his father. The reason he chose not to tell his father is because Uh, Jonathan here and his father Saul had a strained relationship. In other words, Saul would be called an absent father today. Saul was not a good dad. And he was such a bad dad that that, that Jonathan said, I'm not going to even tell my father about this situation. And some of you here may have had a father that was absent in your life. A father that did not show you love. But the reality is you can you can continue to blame your mom and dad for all the problems that you have in your life, or you can say, one day I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna do something one about day. this. One day. I mean, finally a day came and, and Jonathan just said, I've put up, I'm done with this. See, one day these guys had to pick up the phone, they had to call Freedom House, and they had to check into Freedom House for a one-year commitment. And for some of you, it's a lifetime commitment. <laughs> But you you had to pick up the phone. You had to to do something. One day you had to say, you know what? I'm going to stop blaming mom and dad for all my problems. And I'm going to start taking responsibility for myself. Kind of a tough thing, huh? Because it's always easy to look at the people around you and start blaming others for your mistakes. Rather than saying, you know what? Today is the day I need to change things. Today is the day I need to take responsibility. Today is the day I need to grow up. You know, I could look at my life and uh, I was uh, sexually abused as a child and I could continue to to dwell on that and look back at that and say, well, you know, that horrible event that took place in my life has caused all that there is today. Or I could say, you know what, one day I'm going to move on from this. One day I'm going to leave this. One day I'm not going to stay here any longer. One day I'm going to be all that God has called me to be. And that's what you have to do. You have to stand up, but you need the people around you to go on the journey with you. And see, that's where, that's where Saul was at. Saul was in this process where he turned to his armor bearer and he said, let's go down there and let's kick some Philistine Philistines, whatever. You know, let's just go down there. See, I believe that the right relationships rarely happen by accident. I, I think you have to choose. You have to look at that relationship and say, I, I want to form that relationship here. And, and when, you, when you look at that, the, the, the right relationship requires for you to invest It requires for you to sacrifice. It requires for you to spend time. It's going to require work. Now, I just have a quick question here for you. How many of you here in this room are really relational people? You just really like people. You get energized by hanging around people. Dennis, raise your hand, okay? Now, go ahead, put your hand. How many of you like to be by yourself? Anybody here like to be by yourself? Amen. Praise God. Dennis, lower your hand. See, the reality is that there's different kinds of people. Some of us get energized by being around people. Others, you know, we don't get so energized. But the reality is God called all of us to be involved in relationships. See, when you have the right people to help us, certain things happen. Number one, we find this in Jonathan's relationship with his armor-bearer here. It helps you to navigate the obstacles and temptations. It helps you to navigate the obstacles and temptations. As Jonathan and his armor bearer were going down in 1 Samuel 14, verse 4, it says, On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozaz and the other Sinna. Now, if you're taking notes, Bozaz means slippery and Sinna means thorny. So they were coming to this place that was slippery and thorny. And the reality is there is always a slippery slope of temptation and a thorny place of obstacles in our life. And if we do not have people around us, they will not be able to speak into our lives. And so it's very important that you have people that you're honest with. That you go to and say, here's what's going on in my life. And and people that can call you out on things. Reality is I've got good friends in my life and man, if I start moving to the right or to the left, man, they call me out because I've given them permission to do it. And and sometimes it ticks me off. Can you understand what I'm talking about? Someone comes up to you and says, I don't think you should do this. See, it is not good for man to be alone. That's why when God made Adam, he said, it's not good for you to be alone. I need to give you Eve. So that she can tell you where to go and find your car key. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) See, it's important. She's looking at me going, "Uh uh-huh, you're in trouble. (laughs) It's important that we're not alone. We we need each other. Because the reality is there are going to be thorny slopes out there. There's going to be slippery slopes and thorny places. And we will get ourselves into trouble. And so we need to listen to the friends around us. I mean, I have various people that speak into my life at the office and outside of the office. And if I'm, if I'm moving in the wrong direction, and this last year was a tough year for me. The last couple of years have been really tough, and you know that. I thank God for the friends that looked at me and said, knock it off. Don't you dare go there. Don't you dare do that. And if you do, you have to deal with me. I'm so glad for friends like that. I'm glad for Patrice when he speaks into my life and says, man, you need to figure out what the Bible says about this. Oh, thanks, Patrice, you know. But it's important. We need voices to speak into our lives because they will keep us. And that's what the church can do. The church can give you a sound voice in your life that you can either choose to listen to or ignore. But it'll be a voice in your life that will guide you. And that's where Jonathan was at. Jonathan was able to avoid and navigate the obstacles and temptations. The second thing it does is it helps you overcome wavering faith. It helps you overcome wavering faith. Does anybody here struggle with your faith? Can I just see your hand? Does anybody here struggle with faith? I believe God is going to do this, uh, but maybe maybe he won't. You know, so you're moving along in the call of God, but there always is kind of this doubt. The Bible says you only need to have a mustard seed of faith to be able to move mountains. But I'm grateful for the people that are around me that say, no, that is faith and it's from God. Because they encourage me. When Jonathan and and his armor bearer were going in 1 Samuel 14 verse 6, it says, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows, you know. And then he like, we're going to go over there. We're going to, we're going to slam. And then he says this, perhaps, everybody say, perhaps, perhaps, you see some wavering right there, perhaps, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Now, you know, I'm going to go there. I believe God's called me, but maybe we might not do so well. And then he says, but nothing can hinder the Lord from saving us, you know. So see his faith, it starts to go up, then it starts to kind of go down, then it goes back up again. See, he's, and that's the reality, is we all journey in this area of faith. And it's difficult, and we need people around us to keep us from wavering in our faith. I remember we were at, um, Dennis and I, we were looking for buildings. And I went over to a building not very far from here, and we were looking at that. And it, it's just right down the road. It's the Love of God ministry on Gleason right down here. It's where we started as Eastside. And I'm standing in the parking lot with a, a, good, a good friend of ours, and we're standing right there. And this, this friend, their church had sold their church for $1.5 million, and they had $1.1 million of it left in the bank. And I'm trying to get him to invest with us. And so we're standing there in the parking lot of this church and we're looking at this church and we're walking around and he looks at me and he goes, this is too small for your vision. And he says, it's just a little parking lot. There's not enough room. This is too small. This is just a church. And he kind of, he kind of ticked me off. Because I'm like, no, 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 this is what God's calling us to. And he said, no, 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 God, God has got to be calling you to something bigger than this. So I figured if he had some money and I had some vision, we might as well put it together. So I said, follow me. And we went out to Cascade College campus and we're standing out there and we're looking at this. And he goes, now you're talking. Now, now, now this is faith. And I stood there and all of a sudden I felt something rising up inside of me. Yeah, this is faith. I said so would you partner with me he goes yeah I I said God is going to give us this land maybe (laughs) Perhaps. perhaps I said well you know okay if God is in this then let me call Andrea at Warner Pacific and see if she'll help us and team with us and called her up and Andrea goes oh man we would love to partner with you we would love to have a long term relationship with Eastside on the same campus count us in I said, wow, God is in this. Perhaps. And then I said, well, you know, let me call the YMCA and see if they're in it. And so I called Bob Hall, president of YMCA, and they said, man, we, we would love to build a YMCA there with, with East Side and do a combination church and YMCA together and all that. Count us in. We are behind you. We're with you. Let's go take the land. And I said, man, I think God is in this. Uh, maybe. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this See what happens is you, you your faith begins to. you can see it but you need people around you to say you can do this in all honesty you know when the hotel burnt and, and all the ministry started going and, and, and I was so happy for Jim I mean they got that property out there I was just like oh, wow this is great and I thought you know what God if you can give them a property you can give us one too right God And God goes, just you wait. It's not your time. So you have to know your time. And and you've got to be content with what God gives you. And then what happens is I see what Jim's going through right now. they got a septic problem over there, like $25,000 worth of septic problem. And they got to fix it before it starts raining, and it's already kind of raining. So they, they need to get this thing fixed, or it's going to cost them more. And I'm watching Jim, and Jim is a man of faith. You know what his faith does for me? It's like saying, sick him to a dog. It's like, wow, I see the miracles for Jim, and I'm like, we can do it too. And then Jim sees the miracles with me, and he says, we can do it too. And faith gives rise to faith. It joins together. Isn't that good? Faith gives, and so we need each other. It gives rise to faith. It helps us to overcome wavering faith. See, if you have the right people, you know because they're with you, heart and soul. Heart and soul. 1 Samuel fourteen seven, Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you. Can you say this? Heart and soul. Say it together. Heart and soul. Don't you love to have people that are with you Heart and soul. Have you had people in your life that are not with you, heart and soul? I mean, these are the people that, oh, pastor, we love you. We would never leave Eastside. We'd never forsake the vision here. Oh, great. You know, thanks for tithing. We're out of here. You know what I'm saying? People that are not with you, heart and soul. And you know when you have a brother or a sister that sticks close and they're with you, heart and soul. And that's where this armor bearer was at. See, when you start gathering in relationships like this, you begin to develop relationships that are with you, heart and soul. I look out right now and I see faces right here of people that are with me, heart and soul. I I know it because we've been through the good times and we've been through the the bad times. We've been through better and worse in sickness and in health. Right? Heart, Heart, you're with me? Heart and soul. Where I go, you will go. Oh, she said, no, where I go, you go. (laughs) Okay, we got that one right. But see, that's what happens is people stick with you heart and soul. And I love the fact that I can look into faces here, and I know that if I were in trouble, there's a number of you that I could call, and you would drop everything to come help. And isn't that amazing to have people like that in your life? I think of the people that are out there, and you know, you never know when someone's going to stab you in the back. And you think they might be with your heart and soul and they only disappoint you. But the reality is people are going to disappoint you, but you can't give up because there are relationships that are there. There are heart and soul relationships, but you don't find them out in the world. Because in order to be heart and soul, you have to have the one that touches your heart and touches your soul so that it's tender. If it's not knit together, you're not going to have it happen. So if you're searching for friendships out there in the world that are secular friendships, you're not going to have a heart and soul relationship because it's the relationship of Jesus that changes the heart and soul. That's why we need the local church. In Romans 12 verse 5, it says this, Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. The Bible says that we all need each other. And the last thing that I want to say is this. When you're in relationship, burn no bridges. Don't burn your bridges, okay? The Bible says in Romans 12, 17 through 18, respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at what? Be at peace with all men. Now, it doesn't say that you have to live with all men, nor does it say that you have to like all men. But it does say to be at peace with all men. And so there are relationships that you might not be in, but don't burn the bridges. Because reality is what happens is there may be a day when God needs to restore that relationship to a closer relationship in order that it might advance his kingdom. And if you burn the bridge, you can never see God's miracle in the restoration of that relationship. the reality is there are people that will come and go here at our church. People will leave Eastside. And I'm thankful for people that do it right. But even the people that do it wrong, I'm very thankful for them. And the one thing we don't ever want to do is close our hearts to those who have left and burn a bridge. Everyone who has been a part of Eastside is welcome back to Eastside with the exception of one person that I can think of because that person... Uh, committed a very big sin here and did not repent, okay? And is still choosing not to repent. But everybody else is welcome back, okay? Everybody else can come on back. No matter what's happened, we want to stay in relationship and we don't want to burn bridges. The Bible says that we need to respect what is right in the sight of all men. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, we need to be at peace with all men. Now, this brother who sinned here in the church, let me just kind of clarify that real quickly. He and I are at peace with each other. But he knows that he cannot come back here till there is a full repentance, which means a turning away from the relationship that he's in today, okay? Because he's walking in a clear, defined, sinful relationship. And he has to to leave that relationship in order to come back. But that's only one person in the whole history of Eastside. And that happened a long time ago, okay? But everybody else is welcome back. And so when these, when these uh, people leave us, I want you to know they're still part of us. God might be calling them to something different. They might have uh, had odds with us. They might not have liked the worship or, you know, the messages or whatever it might be. We don't know the reasons. But whatever it is, God loves them as equally as much as he loves us. And we need to stay in relationship with all people. We're moving forward together. Can you say that? We're moving forward together. Let's say it again. We're moving forward together. Whatever Eastside does in the future, we need every single one of you that are seated here today. We need you in order that we might move forward together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the people that are here and um, just really your heart towards us in this place Thank you, God, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you're always with us, that you've always got great things in store for us and planned for us. And Lord, as we look into our future, we have a bright future in front of us. And we know that it is uh, the people around us that will help us to be able to accomplish the right things because you always use other people. So, Father, thank you for this season. Thank you for this time. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just ask a personal question now. I I really kind of want to bring this down to where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. If you're here and you're listening to my voice and, and you have not started a relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you've had a relationship at one time, but you've left it. Maybe it's been a relationship kind of in head only, but not heart and you need to renew that commitment today, a strong renewal, not a not just a, a thing to do at church, but you're saying, I need to start this relationship with him or I need to be really serious about this relationship with him. If you're here and you fall into either or two of those categories, I'd like to know who you are so I can be praying for you this week. So would you do me a favor and just quickly slip up your hand so that I can see it, so I can make eye contact with you and be praying for you this week. If you're here, just slip up your hand so I can see it real quick and I want you to know that in doing so I will pray for you is there anybody here just real quick okay I see it thank you thank you so much okay I see it right there thank you so much yeah I'll be praying for. I'll be praying for all three of you thank you anybody else somebody yeah right here yeah I'll be praying for you anybody else just slip up your hand just say I need to renew that commitment, or I need to make that commitment. just don't want to rush this moment Such an important moment that we're at right now. One last category. And this one's probably harder. Maybe you've broken consistent fellowship with the body, the church. And and I just want to speak as a pastor. We love you. And, And we need you here. You are important. If that's you, and you've not made church a regular part of your life, and you need to do so, could you make a commitment right now to say, "I want to change that"? And if that's you, could you just slip up your hand really quick so I can see it? Okay, I see it right there. Anybody else? Just I see it right there. Okay, that's great. I'll we'll be praying for you. Anybody else? Just slip it up and say, "That's me." Yeah. Slip it up in your heart. Slip it up. Just say, okay, right there. I see else, just, that's me. Anybody else? So important that we take these moments and that whatever the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart and your life right now, just let Him do it. Don't be pressured by man. Let God do the work that He's doing in your heart and your life right now. But don't walk out of here disobedient to what he's telling you. Because that's devastating. Make a commitment right now to change it. To be all that God has called you to be. Let's stand together. You are so loved. And so we say over you... This Sunday, this day that the Lord has made. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the tenderness of his spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit infuse your life with great joy. And may the grace of Jesus be yours. May you know that you are his son, his daughter, called for a holy purpose, a chosen purpose, destined to do great things. May the relationships around you be firm and solid. May grace follow you all the days of your life. And may you dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever is our prayer for you today in his name.